Hour number three. It's the Big Show, Russick and Rose. Sportsnet 960, the fan, live from Doug Lacey's Basement Systems. Downtown studio at the bottom of the hour, Aaron Vickers. Flames Talk co-host, writer for NHL.com, will join us. I believe live from Nashville, if he's awake. He yeah. sent Maddie uh, a text at what time last night? Uh, morning? That would have been a... 2 a.m. Nashville time, 2.05. Okay. It just said simply, hi, with a period. Yeah, definitely the Sandman was paying you a visit by 1 a.m. Calgary time. Um, I was snuggled up by about 9.30 yesterday. It was good. Um, We're also giving away VIP tickets to the Cowboys Music Festival on Sunday, July 16th. Ice Cube, Steve Aoki. 24K Golden, 96960, name and location. Sell us on the Toffoli trade or tell us why you hate it. But try to sell us either way. 96960, name and location. Maybe we'll mix in a couple of those text messages with our next guest, uh, Flames Analyst for Sportsnet, host of the Eric Francis Show on Sportsnet 960. Fresh off his trip to Ireland, we say good morning to the franchise, Eric Francis. Hey, pal, how was your trip? I was going to make a joke and say top of the morning to you in some terrible Irish accent, but... Uh, Can you please do that? that? Come on, give it Can to us. Come on. No, no, I'll tell you one thing. It's pretty funny. Uh, I went to Ireland with three buddies, and uh, it's amazing how many times you almost try to default into some Irish accent, and it's always terrible. And uh, I'm not going to put it in the category of what irks me, but <laughs> it is pretty funny how people slide <laughs> into that world and how many um, people did- are terrible at it. How many uh, Guinness did you mix into, or Guinness, if you will? How many did you mix in? <laughs> Guinea. I, I went to the, the touring. I went to the tour there, you know, at uh, St. James oh. Gate. Everyone, everyone says it's the greatest. You got to go to the tour if you're in Dublin. Uh, it was fine. <laughs> I, 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 don't drink, I don't drink Guinness. I don't know what else, what else to say. Like, it, it was an impressive uh, tour, and I'm glad I went with the boys. We had a good time, but... Uh, I don't. I don't drink the Guinness. They have a cider, which I didn't mind, but uh, mm. it's not my thing to be chewing down beer. Yeah, Guinness is an acquired taste. To me, it tastes like a milkshake on a rye. But that's just my preference. Yeah, that's just my preference. <laughs> yeah, that's that's well put. I've got other descriptors, but I won't use them. It's not. It's just not my cup of tea. I'll tell you that. It's. Uh, I tried it. I went in with an open mind. Yep. You get one free drink with your with your price of admission. And uh, I took a couple sips, and I gave it to my pal. I just couldn't do it. Couldn't do it. Yeah, it's uh, higher and higher in content, too, uh, those Guinness. Um, again, you're welcome, Guinness. Okay. Yeah, it is. You look at all these facts you're learning about Guinness, uh, Maddie. You're welcome. Yeah, wow. Um, the Tyler Toffoli deal, uh, what was what was your initial reaction when you heard about the deal, franchise? Well, I, I know that everybody's thinks that the return was underwhelming, and I'm, I'm not – I don't disagree with anyone who thinks that. Um, but, I, but I, you know, when you ask my first thought, like, there was never any chance that trading a guy like Toffoli was going to – you could never win that trade, in my opinion. Um, hmm. Goes from be, being a first-liner here. He's never going to be a first-liner again, I, I don't believe. And if he is, it's not going to be for very much longer. He's 31. He had a phenomenal year not last year. I'm not trying to take anything away from him, but – you know, people look at him as a first-liner here. He'd never been that until this year. So people are expecting or hoping that the return is a first-liner 
at the very least, if not a first rounder, uh, which they gave up to kind of get him in the first place, and uh, they didn't get any of that. So you're dealing with a position from a position of weakness because the player wants out, and 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 there was just no way that Craig Conroy was ever going to win a trade for uh, for Tyler Toffoli, in my opinion. I mean, I'm not sure what it would have taken. I'll, I'll throw it at you guys. What would it have taken for people to say that was a huge win for the Calgary Flames? Would it have to be a first-rounder? Feels and like who it. in their right mind believes that someone's going to cough up a first-rounder for Tyler Toffoli? I don't know. I just don't see it. Yeah, and isn't it that just what, what you kind of talked about, Eric? Like when, when the entire league knows that the guy wants out, there goes all your leverage if you're Craig Conroy. Yeah, and, and it was interesting talking to Toffoli yesterday. Mm. Um, it was very interesting because, you know, my question to him was, what – can you go through the, uh, the, the, cha- the change of heart? Because after the season ended, you didn't just pay lip service to the fact that you'd like to stay. You, you seemed over the top like, yeah, I definitely would like to sign a long-term deal here. And then you decided now two weeks ago that you want out. I mean, <laughs> um, he basically said he didn't feel like the Flames wanted him anymore. I think that's a little over the top. But I think what's clear in talking to Conroy yesterday and talking to Foley yesterday is that Toffoli wanted to stay long-term for sure, but at a cost that the Calgary Flames were nowhere, not interested in the least in paying, whether it's dollars and or term for a guy who's 31 years of age. So, again, the Flames, some people are going to say, why would the Flames turn their back on him? Tyler Toffoli said they didn't even call him after, after the season ended to start talking contract. Well, they did talk a little bit. And the Flames realized we can't be investing that much money in a 31-year-old. And so we're just going to let his contract play out. And then that's when he had the, you know, the change of heart. And he said, well, if you're just going to let it play out, I want to go somewhere else to try and leverage my, my career year and go somewhere else. So I get it from all people. You know, it's, it's, a, it's a no-win for Craig Conroy and the Flames because what are they going to do? Come out and say, ah, Conroy, uh, uh, is just not worth it. He's just not worth the money he wanted. Like, that's, that's not something you really want to say but at the end of the day that's exactly what happened the, the Calgary Flames did not see uh the the validity in offering him long-term money and significant money at his age yeah it felt like a guy that probably wanted to be in the four five six years five or six million dollars and that just really didn't make sense like would that would that kind of be the contract that might have been in what he was asking for yeah it's higher than that oh yeah, yeah, I can tell you it's higher than that. So, you know, non-starter, right? I mean, if this yeah. guy's asking for six or seven years, um, that that ends the conversation right there, even if he's willing to take a pay cut, which, of course, he wouldn't be willing to because he just had career goals, career points, and he was phenomenal last year. Like, I get wanting to cash in on the best season of your career, especially at age 31. Like, who saw it coming? Even he couldn't have seen those numbers coming at that age. Uh, but then once you get him, you try to maximize your return on that. So I'm sure he'll get to work right away with trying to extend in New Jersey. And uh, I say good luck to him because I think it's going to be a tough sell. Well, the other thing I've seen on this uh, from some fans around town is that if the Flames had waited until the upcoming trade deadline, they could have cashed in and got way more. My counterpoint to that is he just came off a career year. What if he regressed to the year before where he only scored 20 goals, right? Absolutely. There, there's risk involved in, in trading for a Tyler Toffoli. Not when you only cough up 
Karen Govich and, and, and a third rounder, that's, I don't want to say that's low risk, but Sharon Govich is, I, I think he's a talented guy. Uh, I know that they speak very highly of, they, for a lot of different reasons, they think that he's going to be a good fit here. He's a whole lot younger. Obviously, he's a whole lot cheaper. That's important at this point in time with the Flames up against the cap. Um, and, but he was kind of a victim of, of a really deep, talented roster there in New Jersey. Like, there was no room from it up the middle anymore. They've got so many great centermen there. They've got a hell of a lot of good wingers, too. So you got to get 24 goals two years ago is nothing to sneeze at. That's his second year in the National Hockey League. That's, that's pretty good. This year he regressed for sure, uh, Sharon Govich. But, but I, I do think that there's an upside that the Calgary players are certainly counting for, counting on. And uh, I, think, I think people would be wise to just give this guy a chance. If he's put in the right situation, I do think he could get back to being a 25-goal scorer. Um, that that's that that's easily that that would easily be the expectation I think moving forward for this guy given the opportunity I think he's going to get. Do you think he's potentially could be the replacement for Michael Backlund on the third line? No, no. I mean, I guess yeah. Who knows? He may start on the third line and maybe the center on that third line. But um, I think that they're looking for a guy a whole lot more defensively minded than to replace Michael Backlund. You want that third line center to be you know, rock solid defensively. And Sharon Govich is a shooter. He's a scorer. He's a finisher. He's a guy who likes to take volumes and shots. And uh, that's not Michael Backlund per se. Uh, it's going to be awfully tough. Again, it's tough to replace a Tyler Toffoli given what he just did this year. Like mm. it's almost impossible in this trade market for, for Conroy to go out and get another first, you know, first liner and top power play guy. Uh, but, and I would say the same thing. It's going to be almost impossible no matter what you do, if you trade back, then you're not getting back something similar. All you can do is hope for getting a younger, cheaper model, potentially with a draft pick or two, and that's exactly what they did yesterday. So, you know, one of the stories to me yesterday was, is this the start of the retooling? You know, the mantra, yes, is still always going to be win now, win now. But, you know, the return was younger, cheaper. That's what a rebuild is all about. And I just wonder if this is, you know, if we look back at the end of the next week or two or this summer and say, yeah, whether they're going to admit it or not, they're retooling or rebuilding on the fly, and that's really the only option they have right now. I think most people see it that way. Don't you guys think? I know that people are clamoring for a rebuild. This kind yeah. of feels like one. This feels right. like this, this is the type of move you make when you are kind of trending that way. Right, George? Yeah. Yeah, I feel like that too. And But, Eric, isn't it imperative that this guy brings you size – and speed, and is that one thing that the Flames really need to address this offseason, is just get faster? Yeah, I think faster would be it would be one of their their buzzwords for sure. You know, they I think Craig Conroy still believes in being a big team, especially in the West Conference. Like, that was a big deal, obviously, to, to Daryl Sutter and a big deal to Brad Treliving. I, I do believe the organization still believes in the importance of size in the Western Conference. Uh, but I think that, you know, they're going to put a little more emphasis on, on speed as well um, because that's one thing where this team, you know, as you alluded to, is this team has not been one of the faster teams in the National Hockey League. They can make up for it in, in moxie and hitting teams, but, uh, but I, think, I, I think that's fair to say. Now, uh, we heard a clip from Elliot Friedman, 32 Thoughts dropped this morning. He said it might be a little bit quiet on the Flames front right now and maybe throughout the draft. How are you feeling on uh, the rest of the players that have kind of been 
in the rumor mill that Toffoli or the the Lindholms is a Dorov kind of got in the mix here lately. What are you feeling about the Flames over the next 24, 48 hours? Yeah, I think there's a real good chance that they'll just focus on on getting these picks right and uh, and moving from there. I think you know the effort to to move Hannafin for some draft picks now. You know, perhaps they feel like the well is dry on that one. The uh, the offers have been underwhelming uh, for the team so far. Uh, I did ask Conroy yesterday about is July first uh, a deadline of sorts for for Elias Lindholm to make a decision one way or the other, like. And he said, absolutely not. Like, we're going through this process the right way. We're in no hurry with Lindholm. And, and I do think that that's the right approach. Like, it's different for a case like Austin Matthews, for example, who on July 1st goes into the final year of his contract with a no-trade clause. Well, that's not the same situation for Elias Lindholm. So I don't think that they're dealing with a false deadline. And that's important. I think that's really important. Yeah, ideally, if you do get definitive word from him eventually – uh, ideally, you do it before the trade, uh, before the draft. But that that's, that ship's clearly sailed. So I do think that it's very possible we don't hear anything about Lindholm for a while here, and uh, and perhaps that's the way to go. I think Lindholm also wants to see what happens with Hannafin. I think he wants to see what happens at the draft. I think he wants to see what happens around the league with various moves. Um, I think Lindholm would like to drag this out too. So that serves both parties. I think. Eric Francis, Flames analyst for Sportsnet, host of the Eric Francis Show right here on Sportsnet 960, joining us on the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline. Big show, Russick and Rose 960, the fan. Uh, we haven't done this uh, before with you. Do you want to hear some text messages from fans about this Toffoli trade, making a case for and against it? Do you want to hear some? <laughs> I, yeah, I do, because I, I'd be interested to hear the people that are for it, because I haven't heard many. Yeah, um, we well, our Sportsnet 960, the fan texturing robot, of course, is Texty McTexterson. Franchise, he's all lubed up, ready for you. Uh, Patrick, uh, do we have some uh, pro Tyler Toffoli deals? We do. Let's all right, let's hear him. Wyatt in Langdon, good morning. Thank you for coming in today. My name is Wyatt, and I'll be your sales associate for today. You're looking to get bigger and faster, but also want long-term reliability? Let me show you this 1998 Belarusian model with only 206 games on it, the Jaeger Sharangovich. Totally customizable as well with RFA status. If you buy today, I'll also throw in this third round pick. I, I, I don't know. I don't know. I think that's pretty good. I think that's pretty good by White. Are you sold on it, franchise? Are you buying that? Uh, I won't be buying that just quite yet. I mean, I'd like to hear some other arguments, but I, I, I do think, I do think, again, you, you weren't going to be able to replace him with another top liner. Uh, mm-hmm. I will say that I bet you internally there are a lot of people who will tell you that they love the analytics side of Sharon Govich, um, and that's another part of this that we haven't really heard from the Flames on yet, but uh, that's coming, I'm sure. Mm. All right, I like that text from O'Wyatt. What else we got, Patrick? Nick in Crossfield. Hey, guys. This trade is a win. Sharon Govich is only going to get better. Every player needs a little adversity, and he had that last season. If you listen to his exit interview with the Devils, he is motivated to have a great summer working out and training, and I think the trade is going to motivate him to be ready come training camp. Also keep an eye on the Flame sleeper pick in the third round. 
This pick has traveled a lot and the teams who let it bounce around could be upset in a few years if this player breaks the lineup with Conroy's desire to give young guys a chance. Nick is super optimistic. I like that franchise. Fair, fair. Again, it's all about the future right now, right? That's where, you know, all the fans who are bellyaching about the trade, uh, I bet in a lot of cases they're the same people who really want to rebuild. And, uh, and, and yet this is what's, you know, this is the start of what is starting to look like a rebuild. So I don't know why you can't complain about it, you know, in both ways. Oh, franchise, how much is Chris Snow's fingerprints on this trade? Well, that, that's what I was alluding to earlier. I mean, he's, he's their analytics specialist, and I don't think they acquire anybody, anybody in today's game who doesn't get, you know, pass a sniff test for Chris Snow and, and the analytics team. So that's what, I, you know, I didn't get into that with Conroy yesterday, but I bet we're going to start hearing more about just how good this guy is analytics-wise. So, yeah, I, I bet Chris Snow is a huge fan of this guy for sure. Uh, Patrick, do we have any negative uh, texts on the trade? Yeah, I got one here. All right, let's hear it. Jason in Calgary. The trade is terrible. It makes no (laughs) sense in so many ways. They traded a solid 25-30 to goal right winger for an unproven left shot center when the team has been starved for right shot right wingers. Why trade a playoff performer and proven winner for a playoff scratch? The trade follows the culture of middling and no direction. Are you rebuilding or trying to win? Looks like they're trying to do both at once which equals middling. Every sign points to needing a rebuild. They have the perfect opportunity yet they choose middling. I blame Bean and Edwards. This is hard to watch. If you're going to try to win and the returns are that bad then keep the team together and sell it off at the deadline if it doesn't work this season. Uh, I don't know, but what I glean from that franchise is he doesn't like the trade. (laughs) <laughs> Actually, that was a well-reasoned uh, text because that that exactly exactly what I pointed out earlier. You know, the organization says win now. the The logic suggests it's all it, it's it's time to rebuild, and they're trying to do both. But that is a familiar refrain. We've seen that in this organization for a lot of years. And again, I'm not being, uh, you know, it's just the reality. That, it's speaking out of both sides of their mouth at this point in time. But you know what? It's the other trades that are really going to determine uh, the course of this franchise over the next little while. Like the Hannafin trade is absolutely pivotal moving forward. Um, I'd also push back. Like this is a guy who's averaged 22 goals a season. He's not a 25 to 30 goal scorer. He scored 30 twice in his career. I think people are getting a little lofty with this last year that he had. And, and you know, he was given an incredible role this year with yeah. Sutter. Uh, and, 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 you know, I'm not sure that's going to happen again with Huska. You know, might have because of the numbers and the great season he had last year. But, again, um, you know, overachieving at age 31, uh, we often know what happens next after that, and uh, especially if you sign a new contract. So, right. uh, mm-hmm. you know, flames weren't, the Flames didn't want to stick around and find out. Um, do you have something that's irking you before we let you go? Well, you know what? I had some because we haven't spoken for a couple weeks here. And it was. Uh, do you guys watch the tennis? <laughs> of, of course. Okay, hang on. We got. We got to play a little. We got to play a little produced bit. Hit it, GDP. Yeah. Hit it. It's that time of the week. Time to find out what's irking Eric right now on the big show. All right. <laughs> I, 
I love me the tennis. I love tennis. I play it three times a week. I, wa- I love watching it. But there's been a development over the last, I guess, year and a half that's just irking me no end. And okay. at the French Open, it was like it was just front and center. Since they started allowing the players to talk to their coach, remember that was not a thing yes. for a lot of years. Yes, you couldn't, you weren't supposed to do it. Now they're like, yeah, yeah. They, all these, there's even some of the best players in the world. It's the berating of the coach after the player hits uh, a forehand four feet out of bounds. Like, I, what? Do you, why? Why are you turning to your coach? What are you possibly saying in whatever language you're saying it in? To your coach after you just blew a shot four feet wide like the blaming of the coach you know like are, are you really is the coach accountable for you getting mopped up by somebody in a in a three-step match like do you guys notice this like yes you hit a shot you lose a point and you look at the you look at the coach you're like you know like what what are you telling the coach i told you that i was going to keep hitting four hands long why are you telling me to hit forehands? Like, I don't understand the logic. Yes. Can you guys help me through this? Um, uh, it's just a way to blow off steam and frustration. Uh, I get it, and I don't like it either because I don't like the coaching uh, from the box. You know what I also don't like? Uh, well, just for context, I am blocked by the official Twitter account of the French Open for criticizing them, so I can't <laughs> even see their tweets. So... <laughs> Number two, um, I don't understand at the French Open why we have shot spot or Hawkeye, whatever you want, where they can determine whether a ball's in or out by within a millimeter, yet they continue to want to use the clay as a, as a, as a indicator whether or not the ball was in or out because they like to see the French crowd loves to see the, the umpire come down the little stairs of his ladder and go there and point it in and out when shot spot's way more accurate than a piece of dust that flies up. Uh, from the, from the clay, like you shot spot at the French Open, please. Instead of the stupid marks that are all over the court to begin with. Yeah, yeah. There's there's thousands of marks on the court. That's what I mean. You're gonna tell me that you're gonna tell me that you could pinpoint the one that yeah. just happened. Yes, and, and it's gonna show you that it's a millimeter out. I agree with you. I agree you. with you. You know, I love the Hawkeye, and it's you know I don't understand why. Every local tennis club doesn't even have it. Like, it should be everywhere. But it does take out the one element that drew me to tennis in the first place, and that's with the arguing with the ump. I don't like you arguing with your coach, but I love arguing with yeah. the ump. But you can't, you can't do it anymore because you're just a no. fool. You're, you've been proven wrong at every corner by technology. Why are you going to have that argument? But at the end of the day, leave the damn coach alone. He's not the one yep. to hit the shot long. I love it. Oh uh, yeah, go back and watch uh, John McEnroe yell at the umpire. The 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 infamous right? Jeff Tarango clip at Wimbledon, where he called him the most corrupt official in the game. Nick Kyrgios, not a fan of chair umpires, sometimes too. He likes to yell at them. But you're right, more personality, but less yelling at the coaches. I agree with you, franchise. I love it. Boom, boom, love it, boys. Uh, you're welcome for all that hot tennis talk, too, Maddie. I know you were uh, enthralled by that. <laughs> what? <laughs> All right. What? What? What were we talking about? Yeah. Um. We'll talk to you soon, franchise. Hey, Thanks for this, pal. Yo, what's yeah. up, Matt, franchise? Can I, I? I have to ask Maddie a question. Uh-oh. Sorry to sure. But yeah, here we go. How many times uh, a day or a week <laughs> do you get told that you you look like Seth Rogen or sound oh. like Seth Rogen? Uh, used to be when I was a server, like once a shift. 
but nowadays it's like once a month. Really, it's diminished. Interesting. Yeah, um, I just generally don't see people as much now that I don't have to beg them for money. <laughs> we thank you for that. Um, I watched Platonic. Is that that's one yeah, of the new yeah, shows? Yeah, yeah, the new show he has. Yeah, it's it's actually not bad. I've only seen the first episode, but I'll give it another shot. But I threw. I, I missed the storyline and some of the commentary and some of the funny jokes because all I kept thinking about is how many times was Matty Rose been mistaken for this dude? Like your attitude, your look, your 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 uh, lackadaisical approach mm-hmm. to life. Mm-hmm. His, his love for the Green Leaf <laughs> franchise. Oh, I didn't want to add that on the radio, but sure, let's go there. Fine, yeah, yeah, pitter patter. His love for food. Oh my yes. God, like. This, I feel like have we ever seen both those guys in the same room? <laughs> well, listen, if I was Seth Rogen, I sure as hell wouldn't be here. So, uh, yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> hey, have you ever seen Bill Cowher and Sergeant Slaughter in the same room franchise? <laughs> Let's not go down this rabbit hole. That's All right. a bad one, though. Yeah, that is a good Cheers, one, too. Uh, thanks, thanks franchise. franchise. I appreciate it. Nice thing I've heard all week. Thank you. <laughs> See you later, boys. There he goes on the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline. Brought to you by Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar. 15-time Consumer Choice Award winner at 6060 Memorial Drive Northeast. For pickup or delivery, call 403-248-3344. Straight ahead, Aaron Vickers, co-host of Flames Talk, NHL.com. Straight ahead. And we'll also give away those uh, two VIP tickets to the Cowboys Music Festival Sunday, July 16th. Sell us on the trade. You love it or hate it. 960-960. Name and location. That's straight ahead. It's the big show. Russick and Rose or Russick and Rogan. Sports at 960. The fan. Live from Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studio. It's the big show. Russick and Rose. Sports at 960. The fan. We'll wrap up. Well, the big show with the Russick and Rose portion. With some VIP tickets to the Cowboys Music Festival, Sunday, July 16th. Ice Cube, Steve Aoki, 24K Golden. Sell us on the trade, 960-960, name and location, or tell us why you don't like the Toffoli trade. We've got some good ones already. Jason in Calgary, Nick in Crossfield, Wyatt in Langdon. Early contenders as well. Keep them rolling in, 960-960, name and location. But right now, live from Nashville goes to Flames Talk. He also is from NHL.com. We say good morning on the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline. Rise Victor. and shine. Hey. How are you? Hey, buddy. I'm doing great. How about you guys? Good. Um, we just wanted to uh, pick your brain, your thought process of sending Matty Rose a 2 a.m. text <laughs> from Nashville. I, uh, I was hoping you guys would address this, and I got to thinking, and this is going to be rude to say to two guys that have already been on air for two and a half hours, but... <laughs> 9.30 comes pretty quickly, fellas, in the city of Nashville. And I thought, uh-huh. you know what would make for great radio? We could do a pre-tape live from Tootsie's. That would be okay. off the chart. So I yeah. send, send Maddie Rose the hey you up text. Mm. And then looked at my watch and went, oh, no, he's not up. It's, uh, he's on no. air in four hours. No. This is not going to work out well for him. Yeah, uh, there's one thing you need to know about Matty Rose is he needs his uh, he needs his rest. I need he needs my beauty, his beauty sleep. sleep. Yeah, 
Well, that's why you're so, like, those eyes sparkle. It must be the sleep thing. <laughs> Plus, like, it's draft day. I had to get a big sleep in. I could barely sleep, but I knew that I needed to get, like, my six and a half hours so I could be ready for the draft because I'm excited. I like it. George, tell me, is he standing right now or is he sitting? <laughs> uh, I would imagine he's standing because I'm on location right now, although it doesn't really uh. sound like it. I don't know. I feel like he stood up and yelled there. That was the one trick uh, getting to work with Maddie last Friday is the guy's got some energy early in the morning. He does. He's got a lot of pep in his step. Uh, that's his thing, too. He likes to stand up before the show and then yell at the guys in the other in the other room to get going. Let's go. Let's have a good show. Yeah, I hope I'm not telling secrets move. or anything. My apologies. No, 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 no it's, it's all, all good. good. Uh, we, we we appreciate uh, Maddie's energy. Um, what's the vibe like in Nashville ahead of the draft? Is there, is there a buzz in Music City? Well, oh, they're buzzed, all right. <laughs> it's incredible. They've actually got a portion of Broadway shut down. There's a big stage. There's been musical acts every night. Um, of course, going from establishment to establishment, you're running into all sorts of different uh, NHLers, different media. Uh, this is a good spot, gentlemen. They did the awards first, and now they're doing the draft, and I think that's a theme we'll uh, see continue going forward because extending this to a whole week, while it might be a little rough on the liver, certainly is good for the buzz and the vibe. Now, we know that, uh, obviously, the, the trade happened yesterday with Tyler DeFoley, and there was a whole bunch of trades. Like, how much are people talking about the movement and the shaking, or is it mostly just like, how awesome is Nashville? Uh, it's a little bit of both, to be honest. We're in a little bit of a little media bubble, so you, you get to a place and you know you talk a little bit of shop, but mostly we're all just really impressed with uh, the show the NHL's put on between, again, the awards on Monday night, the draft starting with round one tonight. It's just been a sort of like a week-long festivities. They threw a welcome party for, for media and friends, and to be perfectly honest, it's Nashville stealing the stage here right now to, uh, to make a really bad kind of music pun. <laughs> That is a bad music pun. Well done. Hey, the draft is tonight. I know you've done a lot of work on prospects. You, you, you cover the Flames, but you do a lot of prospect work during the year as well. Uh, are you excited to kind of see the culmination of all that work end tonight with the first round of the draft? Yeah, I'm super curious to see how things play out because it's not the most exciting who's going to go number one. We've known for two, <laughs> three years who's going to go number one. But now you're starting to hear little whispers of debate and that maybe Leo Carlson's the number two, which would make Fantilli three. Matvey Mishkov has been a topic of discussion uh, for media, talking to uh, players at the Avail yesterday. Where does he go? Of course, he's Russian, so geopolitical, plus he's got a three-year contract in the KHL. So he's a wild card. I'm really curious to see what happens after seven, because I think from seven to about 20, you can throw names in a hat and start pulling them out, and nothing would be a stretch. So... From a Calgary Flames perspective, that's great because you've got a list of 12, 13, 14 guys. Todd Button told uh, Pat Steinberg yesterday, they're guaranteed to get their guy. They don't know which guy, but they're guaranteed mm. to get a guy they really like. So I'm curious to see the order of how things play out and what the Calgary Flames do specifically on the draft floor. Because, again, you mentioned the trade. We don't know if General Manager Craig Conroy's done or not. He has a chance to in one kind of swoop, in one 24-hour segment, kind of reshape or retool or rebuild on the fly, however you want to look at it. I'm curious to see what he does, for not only from a draft pick perspective, but how active is he on the trade floor as well. I want to get into Flames stuff in just a moment here, but you mentioned Matt Vemichkov. Can you just tell us a little bit more about what you're hearing about this player, how interactions have gone with teams, and, and where he might fall now? I think it's generally been good. I think him coming over, I, I believe he got here early, early in the week, if not last Saturday. So 
So he's met with uh, a bunch of the top 10 teams, maybe just to quell a little bit of the concern about is he actually willing to come over to North America? What's the actual contract status in terms of does he have any ambition to buy it out because there is that option? Uh, in terms of where he's going to go, it's going to be such a wild card because he is an elite, elite offensive talent. And if you take Bedard out of this draft class and scrap all the extracurricular background noise, he'd be a contender with Fantilli and to a lesser degree Carlson as a, as a potential number one. So the upside is there and teams really need to do their due diligence and homework to make sure that he's going to be a guy that fits organizationally. And look, I, I don't mean to, to say speak ill of the Arizona Coyotes, but does a team like the Montreal Canadiens with much more history, with much more panache, with much more attention, does that make it a scenario where he'd be more likely to get there as fast as he can? Would that be a situation where you look at Arizona and go, I'm just going to ride this out in the KHL for a little bit? I'm just, there's so many layers to, to Mitchkov. I'm so super curious. He's the main story. He's the Bedard, yes, number one. We've already written that story 20 times. We don't know what's going to happen with Matt Bay and Mitchkov, and it's going to be super curious. What were your thoughts on Yegor uh, Sharangovich before yesterday's trade? I'm not going to lie. I've, I've seen him two, three times, so I'm not going to sit here and, and tell you I've got a great read. Everything you hear is that he can play all three forwards positions. He's got size. He's a left shot, but he can play the right wing. He can penalty kill. They're going to potentially give him an opportunity to play on the power play, which is something he didn't get in New Jersey. He had a down year in New Jersey. There's no sugarcoating it. So I'm kind of curious to see, does he come back to the NHL with the Calgary Flames now with a chip on his shoulder? Is last year who he was moving forward? I think there's a lot of wrinkles to that. The one thing that I am curious about, though, is if you just look at the five-on-five points between Hay and Tyler Toffoli over the course of the past three seasons, which are all the only three seasons he's played in the NHL, by the way, but if you look at the five-on-five points over the last three seasons, they're like within 10 of each other. So... Um, he can be productive at five on five and they give him a power play opportunity that he can run with. Be curious to see where this is. But for me, I can't evaluate this deal until I see him on the ice in a Calgary Flames uniform and go, okay, I get it. Or go, oh, maybe they might have should have gone another route. How significant is that 80th overall pick to this deal? I think it's going to be curious. For one, Todd Button and the Calgary Flames amateur scouting staff are going to love having another pick in this draft. It's at the end of the day, though, you're still kind of rolling the dice. It's still a it's still a game of chance because anywhere in the third round, you're probably looking at a guy that has 15 to 20 percent hit rate. But in order to find those guys, you've got to take some swings, you got to take some cuts, you got to take some at bats. And the more times you can throw the dart at the dartboard to just switch up the sports analogies right on the fly, uh, the better chance you are of actually hitting on them. And we've seen the Calgary Flames miss on a lot of guys from rounds three through seven, but they've also hit on quite a few over the last decade. And so if you have another chance to hit, scouting staff's going to be happy. Aaron Vickers, co-host of Flames Talk. Uh, you read him on NHL.com. Joining us here on the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline, Big Show, Russick and Rose, 960 The Fan. We just had Eric Francis on, and he would be surprised if the Hannafin deal goes down today before the draft. Would you be – like, is that is that something you would – Maybe we weren't talking enough about that. Uh, we all assume that the Flames would want to get into this prospect-rich draft tonight, but it looks like that might not be the case. Yeah, that's sort of the, the buzz that you're hearing, that nothing's really imminent. Now, it's funny because being literally on air yesterday in Flames Talk with Pat, nothing seemed imminent. And then we go to commercial break, and the trade happens. So things can move 
quickly when you're at the NHL draft, when you're either able to talk face-to-face, sit and have a coffee, meet in the lobby. So I'm kind of 50-50. If he got moved, yeah, I would be like, okay, that makes sense. If he didn't get moved, I'd be like, oh, yeah, okay, that makes sense. Just from the point of you're not up against any deadline here if you're Craig Conroy. And this will extend to the Elias Lindholm situation as well. You can't afford to miss on these two trades if and when they do happen. You can't afford to rush something and then leave, leave something on the table in terms of assets coming back or not having a conversation with this team and only talking to this team. You don't necessarily have to make a deal just to make a deal on the draft floor in Nashville, and I think Craig Conroy is going to take his time with this. I think he's going to evaluate multiple offers if and when they come in, but I don't necessarily expect uh, Gary Bettman to hop to the stage and go, we have a trade to announce involving the Calgary Flames and Noah Hannafin. Aaron, I'm holding the uh, future considerations draft guide right now. It's it's heavy. First off, well done. Um, right around that 16th overall pick, you got names like Colby Barlow, Matthew Wood, Braden Yeager, Andrew Crystal. Who's kind of the uh, the wish list for Aaron Vickers for that 16th overall pick? I'd be very so. The last two names you mentioned are the kind of the names I'm curious to go because from Matthew Wood's perspective, I've seen him as high as a top 10 pick, and I've seen him in the 20s in terms of various mock drafts that are out there. Hardest thing to do in the NHL is score goals, and he's got arguably the best shot in the NHL draft. I think you'd uh, put Bedard's shot just slightly above it, but he can score goals. He's got a great shot. Thing with him, when there's a couple of, again, not every prospect's going to be perfect once you get outside the top two, really, two, three, four, uh, so one thing I questioned watching him at the under 18 is can he generate on his own? Does he need some help? He kind of squashed a few of those concerns that I had. He had 13 points in seven games for Canada, I think it was. Uh, the other element is the skating. So if you can get him paired up with a really good power skating coach, and the Calgary Flames certainly have that, then maybe you can add a half a step or two, um, you know, improve his agility a little bit, and then all of a sudden you've got a guy that's got some skating ability and you've got a guy that's an elite, elite finisher. And the same kind of extends to Andrew Crystal as well, who might be the best small areas player in the draft. And you know what? It's going to be kind of bold to say, but I might not even exclude Bedard in that one. His work on the boards and, you know, in the four-foot range when you've got one teammate and one opponent or one teammate and two opponents, he's really, really crafty, really good. But again, he's got below-average skating, so his skating isn't even as good as Matthew Woods. But just the way he processes, the way he thinks, his hands, his vision, he's an elite, elite player. If he could if he could skate, if you bumped up his skating to even just average or even above average, he's easily a top 10 pick. Uh, Aaron Vickers, Flames writer for NHL.com, and he's the co-host of Flames Talk. Uh, Aaron, thanks for this, pal, and make sure Pat Steinberg gets home safe, okay? I mean, don't put that on me. He's a grown man. He can make his own decisions. <laughs> yeah, I really think that we should be putting Why the responsibility on the other shoe here, knowing what I know about Vickers. I really think that we're kind of getting this one backwards. Yeah, you're probably right, but at the same time, correct me if I'm wrong. You cold called him yesterday on the show. Is that what happened? Yeah, we did. Yeah, yeah we did. See if Patty's yeah. going to be there. And yeah. look, at he made it. He took the call. I heard it because he woke me up. Um, so I'm putting that on YouTube. Um, but yeah, I, I I like to think that Pat and I uh, we have this symbiotic relationship where we're just a terrible influence on each other. So um, okay. It's maybe you guys can uh, you guys can send a care package or something yeah. to make sure we get home. All right, party on. Oh, that would be nice. That would be nice. Be all right, thanks, pal. No worries. 
There he is, Aaron Vickers on the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline. Brought to you by Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar, 15-time Consumer's Choice Award winner at 6060 Memorial Drive Northeast for pickup or delivery. Call 403-248-3344. Got about four minutes to go in the show. We have VIP tickets to Cowboys Music Festival Sunday, July 16th. You can see Ice Cube, Steve Aoki, and 24K Golden. Uh, we've had some uh, – we opened up the text line at 960-960. We've asked you, sell us on the Toffoli trade or tell us why you don't like it. Uh, Wine and Landon had a great text about selling us uh, like car salesman styles. I really like that one. Nick in Crossfield was super positive, and Jason in Calgary was negative Ned. Uh, texting McTexerson, of course, is our sports at 960, the fan texting robot. What do we got for us, Patrick? What do you got? Mark in Copperfield. Sharon Govich seems like he's ready to pop offensively, has a lethal wrist shot, can skate and kills penalties. The third pick in a deep draft is more ammo for another trade. Seems like he's ready to pop offensively. Has a lethal wrist shot, can skate and kills penalties. It just repeated, but yeah. He's okay. positive, yeah. All right. I like positive. Mm-hmm. Okay, I, I think, again, it's it's a very difficult situation when the entire league knows you're in sell mode here uh, to grab a guy... Uh, to trade a guy away like Tyler Toffoli. Again, career year, but obviously uh, in his 30s now, Flames didn't want to commit to him long term. Th- this could turn out to be a great trade for the Calgary Flames, or Sharon Govich can be a guy who's a bottom six player for the remainder of his career. That's also possible too here, but I think there's still upside in a guy who has some speed and skill and can play three positions. All right, let's get to some more. Lonnie in Dover. I hate the trade because I just won a Toffoli jersey two days ago. <laughs> oh, no, Lonnie. <laughs> oh, man. Lonnie, no. Oh, rough vibes. Okay. Well, um, at least he didn't have, this? like, a total, like, terrible exit. So you can be like, okay, well, how about this? good. Uh, Lonnie, if you can text us back, and we'll know whether or not it's you because it'll be the same number. If you can promise us that you'll wear the Toffoli jersey to the concert, we'll give you the tickets. Oh, I like that. I like that a lot. If you're listening. He texted that that. way back at 6.34 this morning, so I hope so. Lonnie. Time's running out, Lonnie. you got 120 seconds here. (laughs) It's like like one of those I'm texting him back. Yeah, it's like FM radio. You you have 960 seconds to call us back. And Lonnie needs to take a photo of himself in the Toffoli jersey at the concert. Yeah, wearing Steve Aoki cake all over his face. Yeah. Because Steve Aoki throws cake at people during his shows. Mm, What kind? Uh, It's usually just like a big sheet cake. Jesus. Like a huge, like, (laughs) three feet by two feet sheet cake. And he has gotten professional at whipping this thing into the crowd at someone who is always on someone else's shoulders. Always. Okay. He's, I right. saw him do it like a decade ago. Live, okay. loved it. All right, Lonnie, uh, if you text us in within the next minute or so, you'll probably win the tickets if you can If you can assure us that uh, you'll be um, wearing the Foley jersey to the concert. All right, let's get to a couple more. Michael in Willow Park. Flames absolutely won the Toffoli trade, especially if Sharon Govich can regain the glory of his youth. Did you know that at the age of five, Young Yeager was the MVP of the Lukashenko Igor Bits tournament, equivalent to our Timbits League in Canada, in Minsk. Well done, Conroy. That feels false. But I like I like the creativity. In Minsk. I like, 
Igor was the MVP of the Lukashenko Igor Bits tournament. Yeah. I like the it. Lukashen- Even Bette Midler, uh, with the Seinfeld <laughs> reference, from Milan to Minsk, was really loving that deal, too. Igor Bits. I like that one. I love it. Uh, one more. Zach from Morningside. Flames got younger, faster, and a guy with upside. Most importantly, they didn't give Tofali the term and money he would want. Okay. Well, that's some fact, yeah. Did Lonnie text us back, Patrick? He did not. Sorry. Uh, we, I think we got to give it to Mike in Willow Park, right? Yeah, I like Mike in Willow Park a lot. Play it one more time, Patrick. Michael in Willow Park. Flames absolutely won the Toffoli trade. Especially if Sharangovich can regain the glory of his youth. Did you know that at the age of five, Young Jaeger was the MVP of the Lukashenko Igor Bits tournament, equivalent to our Timbits League in Canada, in Minsk? Well done, Conroy. Okay. <laughs> I love it. Congratulations uh, to Mike. You got to scout uh, those Igor Bits tournaments, man. You got to get some eyes on those kids. Yep. Uh, you won VIP tickets, uh, a pair of tickets to the Cowboys Music Festival on Sunday, July 16th. You'll see Ice Cube, Steve Aoki, and 24K Golden. Congratulations. We got more tickets tomorrow. We'll do that. We'll break down the first uh, round of the NHL draft. Well, Maddie will, because uh, Maddie's all over it like a dirty shirt. Mm-hmm. Uh, what do you got coming up in more Big Show, XL Big Show, Big Show Plus, Mucho Big Show, Patrick? Well, we're going to go back to Nashville, but we're going to get some uh, Winnipeg Jets perspective with uh, Andrew uh, the Hustler Patterson as uh, the Jets made a pretty big deal, and there's probably more to come. Uh, Lon- yeah, yeah, Lonnie texted in Winnipeg. Back. Lonnie just Features. texted it. Oh, like, no. Oh, sorry, Lonnie. He's like, crap, Delay, man. give me a minute or two. <laughs> sorry, Lonnie. Try again tomorrow, tomorrow, bud. Check the podcast, well, Lonnie. <laughs> sorry, my man. Like, we, we gave you a time. Maddie said 120 seconds. It passed. That's sorry. it. Clock is running, boys. That's the sorry, way it Lonnie. goes. Like, Lonnie, people who know Lonnie are like, Lonnie, quickly text into 960. <laughs> Come on, Lonnie. <laughs> sorry, Lonnie. Um, hopefully, you'll have a better day than uh, missing out on some tickets. <laughs> Uh, we'll talk to you tomorrow. Enjoy the NHL draft. Bye. Bye. Sit, Ubu, sit. Good dog.